welcome to the Horrible Things Podcast. This is a true crime and disaster podcast where we talk about all things horrible, as is implied by the name of the podcast, Horrible Things. Today with me, I am joined by Emily Crawford. Emily Crawford. We have been friends since the bad old days back in middle school (laughs) and today we have gone through the best experiences we have gone to several concerts together right several harry styles concerts casey musgraves we've been around yes the concert bend (laughs) (laughs) but today 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 we are here to talk about crime yes okay and they also just want to give a warning to people listening i am currently I just moved, okay, into college, so I'm in the middle of renovating my room, which means that my walls aren't, like, soundproofed or anything, so it's a little bit echoey in here. I am very sorry about that, but we're we're doing our best. We're making it work. It's not okay. (laughs) It's not okay. But you know what? If you, if even if the echoeyness is kind of crappy, the topic today is so crazy that you're just going to want to stay for the rest of the episode. I can't wait. <laughs> so, Emily, I always ask this question to first-time guests, okay? What's your level of comfort with true crime? Like, are you a true crime junkie? How much do you know about it? What's your your level? Um, I mean, I'm kind of in the middle because I can, to an extent, I can talk about it and listen to podcasts and get into it, but then I get to... A point where it's like a little too much yeah it's so a little like, depressing yeah d- like moderately you know okay every yeah. once in a while how did when did you like first become interested in true crime what was like one of the first times you actually i think it was junior year and you got me into it <laughs> you and caitlin um show me a podcast in the car or something and then we just started listening to it i remember that we listened to the john benet ramsey case yeah and we talked about it for like hours yeah that was that was very fun for me at least it was fun for me too that's what got me into it i think other people were scared yeah it's not you know a normal thing to be into and also it was night and we were listening to it in my car oh my gosh yes i remember that so I'm excited to share this case with you. Caitlin always complains when she's on the podcast that I give her the worst cases, like the most terrifying cases, but I think you've got the worst case we've done so far on this podcast. I'm honored, truly. It is horrifying, (laughs) but the only like slightly less horrifying thing about it is that it takes place in like the 1920s, 1930s. Right. So it's an older thing. Okay. That makes it better. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. But today, oh (laughs) sorry to keep you in suspense there but uh i totally wanted to mention that horrible things at horrible things podcast on instagram and other social medias now has a patreon page oh my gosh that's so exciting i have been working on the patreon for so long trying to get the video up like get good content to post it's been a wild ride getting this thing going but here we are it's finally like ready to go and uploaded and if you want to become a patron the tier level that i have set up is called besties and if you become a patron you get um two episodes of hilarious things bonus every month and hilarious things is basically this like segment where i talk about true crime but like not sad true crime it's like funny things love that like funny stories like a moose (laughs) ran into a starbucks stuff like that and then um 
You also get one 30-minute bonus episode every single month, as well as a mention of your name at the end of the podcast. Wow, that's enticing. So, yeah, if you like the podcast and you want to help me make it better, go ahead and go ahead and donate. Go ahead and find us at patreon.com slash horrible things. I will do that. Definitely. Okay, cool. So now that we got that out of the way, it's time for us to talk about the vampire of Dusseldorf. Vampires are right up our alley. <laughs> really? Emily and I have watched every single singer. What? <laughs> what did I just say? Every single vampire related movie TV show on planet Earth. We were both Twilight stands. Yes. This back is in facts. the day. And now we stand the vampire diaries and yes i'm trying to think what other um vampire there's not that much i think we just watch an excessive amount of the vampire my babysitter's a vampire don't even (laughs) get me started and uh what's i feel like there's another vampire oh i watched Um, the vampire academy which you hated oh (laughs) oh was that the one with that zoe girl yeah i think so i did not like that at all (laughs) emily okay we we like the same genres of things but the funny thing is that i watch like the crappy version of almost everything emily watches in terms of like rom-coms and tv shows right right. (laughs) like she's to all the boys i've loved before and i'm the kissing booth yes (laughs) in terms of films and just as people in general it's frustrating when she says the kissing booth is a superior movie (laughs) it's deeply wrong (laughs) you know what I think that to all the boys, I will give you this to all the boys I've loved before is a better movie. Yes. Technically. And it like, is story wise, but the kissing booth is just so fun. Like to, <laughs> to, to watch, like there's so much going on. It's definitely silly. Yeah, exactly. It's silly. And, and I love a good paced. silly. Yeah. Thing. Silly moment. A silly moment. Yes, exactly. Right. Okay. Getting into the actual case. Okay. So the Vampire of Dusseldorf is an insane case. It happened a long time ago, but it's still just as gruesome even and like horrible. Yeah, like horrifying. Even after all these killers that came in like the 70s and the 60s, it's still just as shocking like when you read out. it. It stands out because it's so horrible. But um, I figured we just get we should just get right into it. Okay, I'm ready. Perfect. Okay. So, real quick, just a little bit of background info- information. Sorry, I I don't speak <laughs> okay. at all about Dusseldorf. So, it's the second most populated city in Germany, and it's actually the capital. So I read oh. of Germany. So it's it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. It's the most urban. It has the most uh, urban areas in all of Germany. Okay, and it was voted the sixth most livable city in the world. Oh. So it's like a pretty nice place, you yeah. know? And uh, so just because of that, I, I have to destroy everything that's nice about it, you know, by yeah. telling you this horrible <laughs> story. <laughs> so today, the person we're going to be talking about is Peter Kurten. And I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce his name. Or it's it could be Kurten, but I'm not 100% sure because I don't know how to pronounce German names very well. So for Peter. Right, we're just gonna go with peter yeah peter so peter was born in a very um low in a much lower class family than most people who were living in germany at that time Mm -hmm. he was born in 1883 and he had get this 
12 siblings 12 12 siblings that's absurd i know that's literally crazy like i don't understand it and all of his entire family so 13 kids and two parents lived in a one-bedroom apartment what how is that even possible i don't know it must have been a big room right i mean props to the mom 13 kids well just wait oh both of the parents were alcoholics just kidding (laughs) i take it back i take it back so um his parents were okay i just like to give a little background this isn't excusing anything he does later but sometimes it's nice to know like why these people are the way they are so his parents were very abusive they would always be fighting always yelling at each other in front of the kids Mm -hmm. his dad when he was um drunk would make his family like sit there while he would beat his wife and then he would force his wife to have sex with him in front of all their kids that's traumatizing yeah it's disgusting so he actually eventually went to jail not for that but in 1894 he went to jail because he raped his oldest daughter who was only 13 years old at the time wow that's like disgusting so after that um his wife got basically what was a restraining order back in the day Mm -hmm. and they moved his whole family moved to dusseldorf except for the dad okay yeah so that was his childhood in a nutshell not the not the best not the best not by any uh stretch of the imagination i have to say but um in that was in like i said 1894 that he went to jail okay but when Peter was a kid, like not just what was happening in his house, but when he was very young, like in 1888. So I said he was born in 83. So he's only like five, five. years old. Yeah. When he was five years old, he tried to drown one of his peers. Oh, yeah. He tried to drown a kid. And then when he was eight years old, um, he started following around this dog catcher who would like go around their neighborhood but this guy was like abusive to animals and he would like kill dogs and torture them. Disgusting. Yeah. Mm. Emily is like the biggest dog lover I know. That's deeply disturbing to me. So um, Peter would then join in and like help him torture oh, innocent like animals and kill them. So he's bad from the beginning. So there's just a lot of things combining here together to like make this sick, sick individual. Ugh. And Ugh. um. So a lot of the his siblings ended up passing away, mm-hmm. but um, because of that, Peter was like Peter survived. Obviously, yeah, he grew old. But he because he was like one of his siblings that survived, and like he was around for his whole entire childhood. Mm-hmm. He would often get abused, and um, his father would come home drunk and abuse him and his siblings. Like I said, yeah, and he would like you. He would try to like run away from home or like try to hide in his in the apartment but there was really like nowhere to go because he was a kid Mm -hmm. but he was always on the streets even from like a really young age because he just wanted to be out of his apartment yeah which is kind of bad for a kid but yeah like he would and he would also when he was a really young kid like under 10 years old he would um like commit crimes and steal things and stuff like that just like at Obviously, not as drastic as, like, killing dogs. Yeah, it starts small. Yeah, it really does. So, um, I found this interesting. So, there's this one source that um, was talking about the fact that he 
like I said, he tried to drown one of his playmates, one of his friends. Yeah. Okay. And there's another time he tried to drown someone. And this, like, Peter recalls holding this person's head underwater at a really young age and just, like, holding them there and waiting to see, like, what would happen. And I found that really interesting because Ted Bundy did the exact same thing when he was, like, eight years old. There was this girl. You can find this it's in the ted bundy tapes and a bunch of stuff like that but there was this young girl who was around his age and they were playing in a lake and he grabbed her and held her head under both of these things like peter curtain whatever whatever peter peter (laughs) and ted bundy both did this same thing when they were under the age of 10 i would say that isn't that interesting insane that children's like first instinct is to drown their peer yeah it's like so crazy yeah, so I, I don't know. I found that really interesting, like that connection between the two of them, I guess. But um, when he was 13 years old, Peter got into like his first relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he got into this relationship with this girl. He's 13. Middle school relationships be like. <laughs> and uh, he she would like let him touch her and stuff like that. Yeah. But she, she didn't want to have sex with him, right? Okay. She didn't want to have sex with him. So in order to get rid Uh, of his yeah urge to have sex he would commit bestiality oh with goats and sheeps and pigs and cows and animals that were nearby him in the 20s or i guess it's actually still the 10s right now so he would commit bestiality and he would talk about the fact that um his greatest like relief and like the way he was able to relieve himself the best was if he was killing the animal and that would help him to orgasm if he killed the animal that there are just no words for that it's very disgusting ew so then he killed a lot of animals basically and he also tried to rape his sister okay he's got a lot going for him this is and keep in mind this is all like he's under the age of 18 so his childhood is filled with things that he did that are disgusting yeah it all much. builds up yeah it's not it really is so disgusting like i can't even something about like there's i feel like there's few things like killing children obviously all types of murder are bad but like killing children and then like bestiality are the two things i'm like Ugh. it like gets under my skin more yeah. than all of it gets under my skin. Those two things really get under my skin more than just a little more. Just, just something. It's just like about it. yeah, because it's like, and the fact that he would kill the animals too. It's absolutely disgusting. I think it's because like children and animals, like they're just seen as innocent. Like yeah, and it's like you'd have to be really, really cruel to take the life of something that innocent. Yeah, I think that must be it. It's like really telling to like how messed up they are wow that was a good point so in 1900 peter was um taken to jail because he had committed fraud and he had thieved thieved but is that a word thieved a bunch of stuff he stole a bunch of stuff and he tried to kill someone with a gun and so he uh was he got four years in prison for all these things four years yeah what a wild world it was back in 1900 crazy so uh, he th- he's still in Dusseldorf during this whole time. Keep in mind. 
So he obviously spends four years in jail and then he has to go to the German army because it's 1904. Yeah. Germany's yeah. really wild in at this time. Yeah. <laughs> wild in. So um, he gets drafted into the army and then he just started like committing arson all the time when he was in the army. He was just setting crap on fire left and right. I feel like a lot of psychopaths do that. Dude, it's such an interesting thing how like robbery and arson are things that a lot of people who will be serial killers and he was a serial killer do before they commit murder for the first time. Yeah, like like that's like a starting point. Yeah. And then it just builds up and eventually it's like, how far can I go? How far can I go? And yeah. then murder. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. That is crazy. So he commits arson a bunch while he's in the army and uh he would do like he would commit arson because his dream was to set people on fire oh which he talked about later it's his dream it's his it was his biggest dream <laughs> in life it was his greatest wish <laughs> that he could set someone on fire wow he's so just then, practicing <laughs> <laughs> he's like this tent this will be a person one day one day one day more <laughs> am i gonna get copyrighted for this uh, we'll maybe. find out that's why you got to go to the patreon yeah <laughs> but um he eventually deserted the military because he just he wasn't having it anymore <laughs> and for that he got sent back to jail and he was there for eight years in jail which i find crazy that the fact that he deserted the military it wasn't even the arson it yeah. was the fact he deserted the military gave him more time in jail than, than attempted murder i was like oh well that i is mean certainly interesting it's germany at this point yeah true we love german listeners but yeah but y'all were wild and back in the day <laughs> you can't really deny but now they're great yeah Dude, germany has like got their crap together good for germany Good for Germany. We love you. We love them. Deutschland. <laughs> I think I said that right, but I'm not sure. Okay. So he was getting like read by a bunch of psychologists and stuff like that because mm -hmm. people are like, what the hell is wrong with this person? Yeah. And uh, he would talk to these psychologists and people about the fact that he had these um, dreams that would like basically wet dreams that he would yeah. have um about killing like mass killing people would like that was the thing that got Ugh. him he would mass killing him and like thinking about murdering lots and lots of people after this was after he was in jail so the thought of murdering lots and lots of people would make him happy let's say that so and he would uh, i have to say this it would actually physically have effects on him it wasn't like Ew. he would just think it and like stuff and he would just be like you know what yeah, i'm saying yeah it would physically have effects disgusting. on him so it's pretty disgusting disgusting so keep in mind though he has not committed a single murder at this time so this is just build up this is just build up and now we're going to get to the first murder okay so the date is may 25th 1913 and he is in this town I can't pronounce it right, but I'm going to try. Mulheim Arain. Sounds Amrain. I bet it's like Mulheim Amrina or something like that. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm trying my best. I don't think we have any listeners from Germany, but we do have some from Sweden. So Swedish listeners, what up? Hi, Love you Swedish guys. listeners. Um, 
So he, his first murder was a little girl by the name of Christine Klein. And she was asleep. She oh, was God. literally in bed and she was nine years old when he killed her. That is tragic. He strangled her and then um, slit her throat twice. And when he heard the blood dripping, Ugh. that's what gave yeah. him like a sexual release. Did, was that like random? Like, did he just randomly choose her? Did he have any connection to her? No, nope, no connection to her whatsoever. That he just so randomly decided. That's so disgusting. That's almost the more terrifying type of yeah. killer to me. Because there's two types of killers. One is like the premeditated, like, okay, I guess there's there's two types of killers that people like think about. The way more of the time you're killed by someone that you know. Yeah. Like you're way more likely to be killed by somebody that you know. And it's like crime of passion, yeah. second degree murder, or maybe even first degree, but it's still someone you know. Mm-hmm. And even though I know that's way more likely to happen, something about like the being chosen at random and like it's just luck of the draw it's that scary. that happens to you is terrifying. It's scary because like you, it could be you. Yeah. It could be someone you know. And they're just like like helpless. Like the just that's the way fate Yeah, happened. exactly. It's horrible. And also the fact that she was only nine years old and like the fact that he was a sexual sadist and the and that she was only nine years old, it like makes me. It's ugh. really. I hate gross. it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate that too. So he would go to her grave often after she had been buried, and he would like touch the the ground over her grave, and that would like arouse him. That's so gross. I know. It's like even after her death, like she can't get away from him. His presence is still there, and he's like like taunting. Yeah, it's horrible. And then two months later in Dusseldorf, he killed a 17-year-old girl named Gertrude Franken uh, and he strangled her and then he strangled her so much that blood started coming out of her mouth. Oh my God. And when that happened, that's when he... Yeah. Yeah. So he was able to leave though from both scenes of the murder and nothing was detected. Nothing? No. No. Wow. Because they, I mean, it was, they don't have DNA. It's like back, like they have DNA. <laughs> they have DNA. They don't have DNA. <laughs> yeah. But back then, double helix didn't exist. No, but like they didn't. It's like that John Mulaney bit where it's like, oh, we have, a, we found a pool of the killer's blood in that hallway over there. Ah, gross. Mop it up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. That's basically what it was. Um, and then. He actually went back to jail for more like petty crimes and things after that. And then in 1921, which I believe that's like two years after these, uh, he moved out of Dusseldorf and went to Altenburg, which is another city in Germany. And he lived with his sister. I'm presuming not the one he tried to assault. Yeah. But a different sister. And then he started a relationship with this lady who was a little bit older than him, which is interesting because... His other two victims had been younger. Yeah. Girls, like, way younger. Because, yeah. think, he was born in 1883, and it's 1921. Ew. So, he's almost 30. Okay. So, he yeah. um he meets this woman. Her name's August Scharf. And she, interestingly enough, she had been um convict Like, she had been convicted of attempt- attempting... And, no, not attempting. She actually killed her fiance with a gun. Oh. And um, she 
was also a former prostitute. Wow. And that's the person that he eventually ended up marrying, although she did not know who she he was really because he told her she he was a prisoner of war. Oh, so like So he was just lying to her, but they ended up together. Okay, and they got like married. She's not the best. Yeah, and he told he told um after he was arrested, he told psychologists that the only way he could engage in sex with her was if he thought about committing violence against another person. That's just it's so interesting to like hear about what goes on in people's brains like who are like that. Yeah. And like it's gross, but the it's interesting, interesting thing too about it is that I'll tell you a little bit about this later, but they actually were able to bisect his brain. Really? Yes. And like see if there's anything going on. Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. That is so weird. I think he had an enlarged hypothalamus, but that's like normal. Like it's not, it's not, it's not normal, but it's not anything that would be a cause of this. Like there's literally nothing in his brain. He makes me sick. Yeah, me too. And so he gets a job and he has a wife now and he's kind of just chilling in Altenburg, just like living his life, you know. And then a few years later in 1925, he and his wife moved back to Dusseldorf. Okay. Okay. Back to the So he didn't commit any murders in Altenburg, weirdly enough. And as soon as he got back to Dusseldorf, he started um, having sex with this woman named Tide, I believe is how you say her name. And also... uh, and weirdly, back then, there were a lot of people who were like maids and like quote unquote servants and stuff yeah. like that. And that's what these people were. Like they worked for the couple. Yeah. So this uh, woman named Tide and then a woman named Mech. And he started having affairs with both of them. And then um, his wife. So Augusta, I believe, did I say her name's Augusta? August. Okay. August. I, I was like, that, something's wrong there. August um, like found out about it and she was furious. And one of the women said that he had raped her. Oh, okay. And then the other woman said he had seduced her. Okay. Back then. Okay. So the charge for rape was dropped, but, (laughs) but, (laughs) but he had to go to jail for six months on charges of seduction because what? apparently that was a crime that you could be charged for in Dusseldorf at that That's time. <laughs> insane. Also, it's so funny that he's getting like in trouble for all these like small things when he already like murdered two people and raped yeah, someone. Like, how does he get caught for that but not murder, like straight murder? Yeah. It's like was he trying to get caught or did, was he just careless about it or what? Or he was like, "Well, this is no big deal." Yeah. I mean, I've already killed two people. It's like interesting maybe probably arrogance because he's like oh yeah this is nothing yeah i don't know it's really weird and crazy though yeah and then um on february 3rd 1929 is when he committed his next murder so we just skipped forward four years so So four four years years without anything then in 1929 he starts following this woman named apollonia coon okay and weirdly enough she's an an older woman like much older okay like grandparent age ew <laughs> so he's like he switched from younger to older ladies yeah i like how you just go ew, <laughs> ew. <laughs> but um yeah so he starts following her and then when she's walking down the street he literally just grabs her and pulls her backward toward this like 
bush area where they would be shielded by trees and stuff. Okay. And then he's like, she's like starts yelling and he like grabs her and won't let her speak. Then he pulls her into these like bushes, this bush area, and he stabs her with a pair of scissors 24 times. And they actually damaged her bones from how deep the stab marks were. <sighs> That's so sad. However. Oh. She survived. She survived. She is a, a crazy ass grandma who survived. Wow. The I'm, vampire's I, attack. I love her. Yeah, me too. We we stand Mrs. I Coon. stand her. It's like it's so sad when like obviously like anyone who gets murdered like it's really sad. Yeah. But there's children who are innocent, and then there's old people who are like yeah, helpless. old people, young people, and dogs. Dogs. Those are my. That's my weakness. Dogs. dogs. <laughs> that will get me. You know, it's so weird how I think a lot of times like they talked about this little. Okay, so I go to to college. And in one of my classes, we're, I'm taking, I'm a broadcast journalism major. And in one of my classes, we're talking about the fact that in a lot of like documentaries and films, filmmakers will include the death of an animal close to the death of a human being because of the fact that people, for some reason, tend to care about the deaths of animals in movies and like stories more than about human beings. It's true. Like, it's so weird to me. I don't understand that. But I know some people that, like, if a person dies, they're like, eh. But then if a dog dies in a movie, they're like, oh, no. I that's, don't that's, know why that is. I think it's like, when I watch a movie, if I'm attached to the character, then, like, I get, obviously, I get sad. If yeah. it's random, I'm like, damn, that sucks. But if it's an animal, I don't know why I can't watch it. I think it's just, yeah. I don't know why. It's that's so weird. weird. It is weird. I think it's because, like, I can I know that the person like in the in a movie or a show like I know they didn't actually die but for some yeah. reason when it's an animal I can't maybe it's also just that we've been a little bit desensitized to human death because literally every single action movie or anything you watch there's like yeah. people dying left and right like have you ever seen John Wick no it's crazy he kills like at least like 200 people I think that's throughout the franchise that's what it is like we're like desensitized because like there's not movies about like a bunch of dogs dying yeah <laughs> or like i don't know if there was i would boycott it <laughs> but um but i'll see john wick tomorrow <laughs> yeah i don't know it's weird this doesn't hit as hard but yeah we were talking about that in class and i was like hmm, it's really interesting on the pod so now you guys don't have to pay for college education because i will <laughs> i, I will instruct it. you yeah <laughs> so um then on February 8th, same year, so 1929, mm -hmm. he strangles a another nine-year-old girl Ugh. named Rosa Oliger, and then he stabs her with a pair of scissors, again, a pair of scissors, in the heart, in her genitals, and um, in, like, her, her whole abdomen region and in her head. It's, like, hard to picture it. Yeah. Like, and he did, like, some, basically, I'll, I won't give you the details but he basically just assaulted her body after he stabbed her yeah and so sad and then he dragged her into some undergrowth so that he could try to hide the body <sighs> what was going on back then why did no one hear people being murdered i know isn't that crazy yeah and this is like a city this is the capital yeah this is a, the second what is it the <laughs> second <laughs> most populated yeah so there's I mean, people that's today but well, still i mean i can't imagine it's like any yeah what's back then. what's with that or I people like know. heard someone being murdered they're like eh they're like oh okay 
Yeah. Like, I don't what? know. It's weird. And it's just so strange that, like, they don't get caught. It's, like, so easy for them to get away with it. Yeah, that's super weird. So then on February 13th, and, oh, wait, I forgot to mention, he lit her body on fire. There's the fire again. <laughs> He's a building it makes it up. A, makes a return appearance. <laughs> or it makes, <laughs> it makes a surprise. A like, <laughs> so um, then on February 13th, and also I just want to mention Remember how he didn't kill anyone for four years and now he's killed like, well, he's, I won't spoil it, but now he's killed one person and brutally attacked another person within like two weeks. So, so he's starting to escalate. Is it, be, maybe it's because he's back in the root of like, you know, that place. It's like when I, it yeah. started and like when it built, like it built up. So when he came back, it kind of But he dis- moved back in 1925, I believe. Hmm. Yeah. He moved back in 1925. I think it's just that he was starting to get less and less control as time went on. Yeah. That's what I think it was. Yeah. You see that with a lot of serial killers. It's like the more they do, the harder and harder it gets for them to control themselves. That's just so... I I don't understand what goes on in their head or like... It's interesting. But like what makes them do what they do and like... I don't know. It's just... This person already... if. We haven't even gone through half the murders he committed. And already I'm like, I want to see this person like dead. Yeah. Like get in the chair right now. Yeah. (laughs) Electric chair. Yeah. So then on um, February 13th, he murdered a mechanic named Rudolph Scheer. And he stabbed him 20 times in the head and in his eyes. In the head. But, and this is also with scissors. He was 45 years old and a man. That's what I was going to say. Is this his first male victim? Yes. And his first older victim. I mean, the elderly lady, but his first killing of an older person. Wow. I just, you know, like a, like a lot of serial killers go for young women. Yeah. It's, it's terrifying. It's just, I know. It's really terrifying. But it's always kind of like a shocker to hear like they killed like a 45 year old man. Yeah. And I just like what we were saying right before. I think it is slowly starting to like lose Lose control. control. Yeah. And it's like, you know, pick and choose kind of just does. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then after the police came onto the scene and his body was found, Peter returned to the scene of the crime to talk to the detectives. See, they're so arrogant. Like they are. It's such a thing with serial killers. They're arrogant. They're like, nobody could ever catch me. I'm the smartest person. That was Ted Bundy. That was. Yes. I don't know. And maybe it's because like, I don't know, something with psychopaths. They're just really arrogant. Yeah. It's freaking crazy to me. Also, the fact that like they they're so delusional. They think they're the smartest people in the world. And it gives me major like Zodiac killer vibes yeah. that he would he you and it gets even more like that later. But the fact that he goes back to the scene like and he, with the little girl before he'd go back to the grave. It's like they can't resist visiting and seeing what they've done. It's just like they're proud of it. And that's like what's yeah. really disgusting is that it's not just like a heat of the moment thing. They come back and they like they're proud of it. Yeah. They want to relive it. It's premeditated and then it's like no regret. Oh, but um, even though all the victims had like different ages and genders and all this stuff, they the Dusseldorf police are like, okay, this is the same person. There's no way three yeah. people have been stabbed to death with scissors, scissors, despite the fact that they 
weren't all like the same mo or any of that like yeah it was there's still a pattern still, yeah there was still a pattern so they connected all three of the murders and said okay this is we've got a serial killer on our hands basically and he attempted four murders between march and july of 1929 attempted attempted they all survived that's and really interesting because you don't hear a lot of survival stories no you don't it's really rare yeah he was like his accuracy was like 25 percent. he attempted to murder way more people than he actually did so would they go out and say like i know like no no one did or no one no one either a remembered him because he would strangle them so it can impair memory or like they they just couldn't see him like he would just like i said with the other victims he would just grab them it's like they they didn't know him him. yeah Yeah. exactly so um on august 11th of the same year 1929 he strangled and stabbed a woman named maria hahn and he also raped her and he it was after he was supposed to be taking her on a date and then he when he took her on a date he brought her to this place where they could be alone and then he started stabbing her and he would wait next to her body for her to die they want like watch it happen yeah gross she died it took an hour for her to die after he had stabbed her it's like that's so sad because it's like it's it's obviously really like just like tragic to hear someone dies by murder but when yeah. it's slow it's, it's like, even worse it's even worse because they just have to sit in the agony and he gets to watch yeah no it's disgusting yeah this it's ted bundy did that too it's it's, it's so like weird these common traits that yeah. Happen. yeah they all have something if not a lot of things in common where it, you'll see it in one and the other and the, like it's like i don't know it just pops up in weird ways and they're like they're really similar and keep in mind he's also still married oh i was gonna ask about that what happened to our guest? still together oh so she's just like Chill. does he not know or did she get over the whole cheating thing no she got over it okay. and they're just married now she obviously doesn't know about the whole murder thing yeah. but uh she she knows about the other stuff and um so he was worried about again people finding her body so he buried her not his wife the maria maria Hahn. Yeah. yes he buried her um in this like area he had taken her to be alone and he would continually go back and he decided later that he didn't like the way he buried her so he dug up her decomposing body and he hung her to a tree in the crucifix position oh my god yeah oh that's just and so then disturbing. he would hug and like touch her decomposing body when he would visit i just don't have words for that it it's so nasty screw this guy also if you ever get creepy vibes from a guy and he's like let's go somewhere we can be alone and it's the first date you just go right no you go up to some lady and you'd be like just pretend we know each other and then like get out of there Mm -hmm. not that you can trust all women but like if you are in a situation it's worth a shot yeah if somebody came up to me and said that like i would do something yeah me too i'm always like i whenever i see a girl with like a guy and they're alone part of me is always like kind of analyzing to be like are they together or is this like a situation or i try to make eye eye contact so she knows that i'm like like i see you and like i'm I'm approachable yeah yeah yeah, me too yeah like we could be best friends if you need me to be like yeah exactly 
I, I was reading about a case like that, I think the other day, where this lady, like, someone ran up to her and gave her a hug and was like, oh my gosh, it's so nice to see you again. Some lady she never met. Mm-hmm. And then she, like, looked at, she, like, when she was hugging her, she whispered in her ear and she was like, this man's been following me for, like, four blocks. Just pretend you know me. And so the lady was like, oh my gosh, it's so nice to see you again, too. And they walked off together and the guy, like, went the opposite direction. It's, like, it's really refreshing when people are, like, good people and they, like, yeah. help you out. Because when I hear <laughs> something that like that... Isn't that nice when people are, like, decent human beings? Yeah, isn't that nice? It's a good change of pace. I'd want someone to do that for me because, like, that's, like, the difference between, like, what could be a terrible situation and, like, they just, like, you know, save you from that, which is really nice. Yeah. To hear about people like that. Okay, so back to the case. Um... Eventually, Peter sent a map of Maria Hahn's body location. Like, he drew a map mm-hmm. and sent it to the police. That's what I was saying earlier, where it's even more like the Zodiac yeah. killer. Because he was sending, like, the, the letters, letters and stuff to, poli- yeah. to the police. So, he sent um, a map of the body. They found her body. And then he decided that he needed to switch it up. He'd murdered too many people with scissors, and it was time to move to a knife. Okay? <laughs> so, on august 21st and keep in mind he had just murdered maria han on august 11th so on august 21st peter stabbed an 18 year old girl and a 37 year old woman and a 30 year old man all with a knife all in different attacks on the same day it's like he wants people to pick up on it they weren't killed but they were wounded obviously they got freaking stabbed yeah (laughs) with a knife so they all survived yes they all survived but they had serious injuries he's kind of sloppy dude what i'm saying losing control he's a frenzy yeah it's like a i think of it like great white sharks kind of like he's in a feeding frenzy he doesn't know what's going on he's just like yeah and it's like crazy the more arrogant they get the more careless they get and then the more they do the more they go off the deep end yeah and they're just they don't want to like tie up loose ends they just don't care yeah that's really gross and then august 24th three days later he was at the fairground um, in this suburb in Dusseldorf. Mm-hmm. And he saw two little girls um, walking through the fairground. And on their way home, he followed them. And he, he asked the older girl, whose name was Louise Lenzen, if she would go give, um, get cigarettes for him. And she, he said he'd give her money for it. Mm-hmm. And so she did it. And then he grabbed the uh, his, her younger sister, Gertrude Hamacher, who was only five years old. This he, is the youngest one? Yeah. Five. He grabbed her and he strangled her and then uh, slit her throat with a knife. And then when her older sister came back, he grabbed her and strangled her and stabbed her in the chest. And then uh, he, she was basically killed from that. She was only 14 years old. Yeah. And he bit her and then cut her throat. And this is why he's called the Vampire Dusseldorf, because he sucked the blood out of her throat. Oh, my God. I was going to ask why After murdering vampire. Her. Yeah. So, like, cannibalism. Kind of. Kind of. Like, blood it's like cannibalism. Blood, yeah. Like, yeah, it's, like, almost there. Yeah. That's it's. So... I mean, it's awful. It's, like, here's the thing about vampires, okay? When we think of it, it's, like, the romanticized version who only drinks yeah. from you know animals and it's like which is summer holder which is fun you know it's like a good yeah it's like a <laughs> fantasy but then hearing about someone that actually would do something like that it's it's disgusting. horrifying that's really interesting because like yeah we see it in movies and tv shows and we like 
we look up to it and we're like, that's so hot. Like, no, yeah. it's, when you really think about the base of it, it's not. It's murder. Yeah. It's like, it's just, I don't know. They and when really, like Ian Summerholder kills someone on the Vampire Diaries, we're like, it's okay. He just, yeah. he didn't mean to do it. But then yeah. you think like this rando pedophile did the same thing to a 14 year old girl and like, it's not funny in that context. That's and insane. It's, you don't really think about it. Like the fact that we don't even think twice that the character that we love is like killing people and doesn't care. Yeah. And like when you think about it in real life context, like you realize how. That's why we're desensitized to murder. You're, you're right. The Vampire yeah. Diaries. <laughs> Just that is the root of that, all of this. It really is. <laughs> but um, the next day, Peter assaulted a 27 year old um maid named gertrude schulte and he asked him her to have sex with him she was like hey he was like hey you want to have sex and she was like no and then he stabbed her in the head neck and shoulders but she survived she survived at like a stabbing in the head yes literal queen though that survives a stabbing in the head we stand (laughs) she however couldn't give a clear description of his face because she got stabbed yeah in the freaking head oh i guess i would impair <laughs> a little few things yeah but she did say that he was around 40 years old that's the only thing she could recall and then he attempted to murder two more people wow. by stabbing and strangulation is he and still then, doing the vampire thing yes okay so this is his new mark in a way yes a way. they don't know that he's drinking the blood Oh, so it's just like for him, which is just so... Yeah. Mm. Pretty disgusting. Except they knew it on the 14-year-old girl. They're, okay. But um, then in September, he's like, you know how before he was like, scissors? Nah. Let's go for a knife. Yeah. Now he's like, knife? Nah. Let's go for a hammer. That is... I don't know why, but it's worse. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know why, but it's like the defeat in your voice right there. That's me. I don't know. Maybe it's because it takes more or like I feel like yeah. I feel like it takes more. It's pretty disgusting all of the time ways, but also like I agree, the hammer is a blunt object. Yeah. So it's like it'll take more um yeah, force. It's pretty disgusting. So then on September 30th, uh he meets this girl named Ida Reuter at Dusseldorf station and she's 31 years old and she he gets her to come with him to this restaurant and then once they get to this restaurant he pulls her into like a corner and he hits her in the head with a hammer and he rapes her and then she like asked him like please don't kill me don't Mm. kill me don't kill me and then he just kept hitting her with the hammer until she died so that was wait where was was that that was in dusseldorf oh okay and that was his first murder with a hammer and then 11 days later uh he meets this girl named elizabeth dorier or Dorier outside of th- uh, this like movie theater and then she- he asked her to go get a drink with him and she's like sure that's fine <laughs> that's and fine. so they go to the uh next to this river in Dusseldorf and then he grabs his hammer that he had this whole time hits her in the head with it and then rapes her near this river and then he can cont- he continues to hit her in the head with the hammer uh Ugh. but and he just leaves her and this is at night. She gets found in the morning of the next day around 7 a.m. And she dies from her injuries. And that's one of those cases where it's like she was awake all night. Oh, my And into God. the next day. It's just so sad. 
So yeah. Just, you just have to sit with it and like know that like what happened happened to you, but like there's nothing you can do. Like you're dying. Yeah. And so like, so he has the murder weapon with him. Yeah. How, how's he not getting caught? Like, I don't know. It's very <laughs> disturbing and disgusting. <sighs> and he tries to kill two more women that he meets on the street with hammers. But uh, unfortunately for him, fortunately for all of the yeah. rest of humanity, <laughs> uh his hammer breaks in the attack both times and they survive beautiful i know that's what i like to hear so maybe the hammer was the best out of the, all of these because it breaks and doesn't kill people you know what yeah, yeah. hammers aren't meant for killing people no i don't i don't think i don't think created any, for that yeah really we don't that's it's not necessary sister <laughs> and sister. then on november 7th 1929 he meets this girl uh meets this girl she's five years old so oh. he doesn't meet her. He basically goes up to her because you can't do anything when you're five. Yeah. Okay. You don't know anybody. Her name is Gertrude Alberman and she's in Dusseldorf and he gets her to basically come with him to this like deserted area and he grabs her and then strangles her and stabs her in the head with scissors. Oh, the head, the head. So and then gross. he stabbed her 35 times after that or sorry, 34 times after that and then left her body so sad like five years old yeah it's so sad and then this had like i said this was like continuing all throughout 1929 and throughout 1929 the news was all over this in germany because all these people were disappearing and they were the police were still connecting it to this one guy saying that there's a serial killer mm -hmm. and uh that's when he got named the vampire of dusseldorf or some people call him the monster of dusseldorf kind of like the monster of florence but oh yeah and then there were like people were sending thousands and thousands of letters to the police trying to like find out who this guy was they were interviewing thousands of people they had a list of almost a million names that were made as a potential suspect list in dusseldorf alone uh, and it's like crazy and two days after gertrude alberman the five-year-old was murdered they were able to finally publish that map that he had sent the police uh -huh. of Maria Hahn's grave. And uh, he also ended up sending them a letter that said exactly where Gertrude Alberman's body was. He's just being like so careless. I don't understand how they're not tracing it back to him. Well, they were able to say for sure because of the handwriting on the map and then this letter that he had been connected to both crimes and was therefore able to be accused of all of these crimes that have been happening because mm -hmm. they knew now that he was switching his murder weapon yeah so yeah they they track him down because of that and luckily gertrude alberman is his final murder thank god done with the murder we're tired of it but i mean it's horrible he attacks several more people though and like obviously like i said he was still attempting murders okay uh and then on may 14th in 1930 so all that happened in 1929 yeah i was gonna say are we still in the same year that was still in the same year buddy not a great year no not a great year for dusseldorf no. um so in may of 1930 he comes up to this 20 year old woman and um he finds out that she had like been looking for a place to live and so he's like, oh, you can come with me. And she starts to follow him through this like park. And then she's like, uh, why are you taking me to this park? There's like no one here. Yeah. You <laughs> creep. And then um, she's like able to get away from this guy. But they she found out later and testified that the guy who had brought her into the park and was like trying to lead her through and offered to give her lodging was Peter. 
Okay. So she was like a witness in his case and stuff oh. like that. Oh, okay. So yeah, he was he was basically just like continuing and continuing to invite women to like come to his house. Okay, so then there was another woman that he tried to grab. Her last name was Budlick. Okay, mm-hmm. so he gr- he told her that uh, he could bring her out to go get a drink, but then he ended up taking her to like these woods. And he started trying to like strangle her and he raped her. She was able to get away though. And she didn't report it to the police, but she sent a letter to her friend that described like everything that had happened. Right. Okay. So her friend was being sent this letter, but somehow by some coincidence, the letter got opened at the post office. Right. So someone read it who was at the post office. Interesting. And when they read the letter, they, this thing connected in their mind and they were like, this could be the vampire. the vampire, you know, or the monster. This could be him. So he sent it to the Dusseldorf police. Okay. Then it was read uh, by the chief inspector who was like, eh, it's probably not him, but like, whatever. Might as well give it a shot. So yeah. they go and they interview Budlick, who came in and talked about the fact that Peter um, Corton had like kind of let her go because she couldn't like he had gotten off by strangling her uh-huh right but she she wasn't dead when he was finished so she let he let her go because she couldn't remember where his address was was the only reason that he let her go but she did she knew where it was oh so, so she, she was able mm. to lead the police to his home and when they like brought him when the they brought him there like the landlady was like yep that's peter curtin and he wasn't home but they like went in and kind of looked through his stuff and they met his wife and apparently peter had confessed and told his wife that he raped budlick mrs budlick oh he told his wife she she didn't even care how like messed up is that she's she hasn't she does not have a good track record anyway no so are we surprised so because of like he told his wife and then he said but you can't tell anyone because i'll get 15 years in jail if you tell anyone because i already have priors and she's like fine but he like he he found lodging in this other place because his wife was pissed off at him you know yeah that's what you do you don't get an immediate divorce and call the police (laughs) so he finds lodging in this other place and then when he comes home the second time to his wife he tells her i'm the vampire of dusseldorf so she knew she knew and because he kind of knew like the police he couldn't go on for too much longer like the police were going to get to him eventually and so then he told his wife turn me in and get the reward for finding me so she even though they like they already had peter like i said they had close to a million names of suspects Uh but this guy was like near the top of their list then she goes into the police and says my husband is the vampire okay oh so she gets the so, no, she doesn't get the money because they find that she had, like, known things okay, about it before. good, good, good. So, because of this, they're able to arrest Peter Corton and they say, this is the vampire of Dusseldorf and he's finally captured. But it's, isn't that a weird way of getting captured? Yeah. Like, there were so many leads. Like, it started with this one girl and then it kind of went back to his wife and it's just very weird. And after he was captured, he admitted everything. So... I was think she, it was more of a situation of he wanted to talk about what he did. Yeah, because he wants he wants people to know he, he's like arrogant. He wants the credit. 
Yeah. And it's okay. So if that girl's letter had not, had not gone back to the police, wouldn't his wife have confessed or did he know? About probably. It? it probably would have happened anyway, but it was just another reason like, that the yeah. police already like had him on and their it, yeah. radars. Yeah. You know? And so he was like admitting to everything. He told them that he had killed 10 people and attempted to murder 30 people and had committed over 60 crimes. Basically, he just wanted to talk about it, to be honest. And he talked about um, how blood was something that helped him to get aroused and all of this stuff. Like he he said that he told the police that from one of his victims, Maria Hahn, the one he drew a map of, Mm -hmm. he had drank so much of her blood that it had made him sick. Ew. Yeah. He's a gross person. I agree. Could you even call him a person? No, not really. Monster. So... Um, his trial for all these crimes as the monster of Dusseldorf, nine counts of murder and several, several counts of attempted murder. His trial lasted 10 days and you know how juries deliberate for like usually six, seven hours. Yeah. They deliberated for under two on his case and he was sentenced to death because of nine counts of murder. Doesn't take much convincing. Yay. Thank God. For this man. (laughs) Yay. Death. (laughs) And, um, he, Okay, so he tried to get an appeal. It was rejected, obviously, because he was a dumb, dumb man. Dumb man. Um, so he had to write letters of apology to um, his victim's families, which he did. I feel like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want, want that. that. I just want him straight up dead. I wouldn't want his fake apology. He doesn't feel anything. No, he even admitted that he didn't have any pity. So, like, I wouldn't want that. He he tried to... Pl- and so, when he was actually in the trial, he tried to plead not guilty by reason of insanity. And a bunch of, like, people came in and were like, uh, these were all premeditated and he sent letters. Like, he's clearly not insane. He's... I mean, he's insane, but he's not insane yeah, enough that he I can't be held I mean. responsible. Yeah. So, um, he had, like, fake pity. He didn't even take... I don't want... I wouldn't want that. <sighs> it's almost like he's, like, laughing at you. Yeah. And so, he obviously was sentenced to death and here i wanted to read you this quote by him this is something he said coming from the mouth of the vampire he said okay tell me after my head is chopped off will i still be able to hear at least for a moment the sound of my own blood gushing from the stump of my neck that would be the pleasure to end all pleasures that is so disgusting i mean what the what yeah, what like what are you implying there, sir? Peter. What? That's uh, here's the thing about doing this freaking podcast. <laughs> you know how like when you meet someone that you don't like, it ruins that possibility of giving that name to your kid. Yeah, I, you ruined Peter for me. I ruined Peter for me I too. I love the name Peter. I do too, but now I'm not naming my kid Peter. No. There's no way. <sighs> you ruined Peter. I'm so sorry. Okay. Ted is ruined. When's the last time a person named the kid Ted? literally whose name is ted no one because no one bundy you know what freak people out the new bachelor i think his name is peter so i'm never okay. gonna think about it the same way yeah well so sorry about that anyway <laughs> <laughs> so he was beheaded on july 1st his head rolled i just imagine a glorious scene of him san- standing there and his head rolls off in all of his victims family's chair i'm cheering <laughs> <laughs> and so um Actually, like I said earlier, they were able to take his head. They cut it in half and bisected his brain. And um, (laughs) they tried to figure out what was wrong. Nothing. And you'll be interested to know that his... Oh, so they mummified his body also. 
um and you'll be interested to know that his preserved head is actually in ripley's museum in the united states in new york maybe we should so take you a can go see his you can go see the vampire of dusseldorf's head if that is something that you would want to do actually i think i might pass um <laughs> maybe another day and the end of my notes just says that is the case of the vampire of dusseldorf peter curtin gross ass man <laughs> gross ass man so yeah there you go that's the worst case i've ever done on this show i think i feel like honored that i i'm a part of this (laughs) a part of the worst case yes and also disturbed and grossed out and definitely gonna have nightmares yeah it's okay you know it's okay it's worth it it's worth yeah it's worth it (laughs) (laughs) well he's dead now so yeah bye and that happened in the 30s yeah so it's it's a a little less terrifying when it happened so long (gasps) ago what are your thoughts on it on the case though as a whole my thoughts are i don't have words he's really just disturbed yeah there's obviously like it's i just i don't ever want to hear about this man again yeah me neither like to picture all the things he's done and to hear him like what he says about it and the fact that he has no pity people like that electric chair (laughs) good riddance good riddance it's just so sad yeah um, and it's like so many so gruesome the way he killed people that it just like is such a bummer yeah bummer but now i think it's time we move on to my favorite segment of the show happy things i love happy things would you care to go first um sure i don't know let's see what's happy in my life right now um oh i'm seeing the jonas brothers next month oh my gosh it's so fun i'm very excited is that your happy thing that is my happy thing oh my gosh that was so brief Yay, Jonas Brothers. Good for you. Um, I'm going to say my happy thing is getting the Patreon up because I've been wanting to do that for a long time and I'm very happy it's finally up. Yay, so that's, Patreon. That's my happy thing. That's oh my so gosh, exciting. look at us. Brief brief and knowledgeable on what makes us happy. Yes. The Jonas Brothers, they make me happy. I mean, what can I say? And I think right there on that interesting good note of happy things wow that was brief we're going to uh end the podcast so thank you guys so so much for listening to this very very crazy gruesome episode of horrible things you kind of knew what you signed up for with the name there yeah i just wanted to say thank you guys so so much for listening um if you want to today this week i think the thing i'm really gonna put out there is please check out the patreon even if you don't become a patron just check it out and see like if it if it's something you're interested in and check out the channel trailers, I uploaded some cool stuff. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so, so much. Make sure to share this podcast. That's really the way that it gets places Mm -hmm. and, um, send it to your grandma, send it to your friend, (laughs) make your best friend come on a podcast with you. (laughs) Um, but thank you guys so, so much for listening. It really does mean the world to me. And I love you guys very, very much. And I also just want to say, that we currently now have listeners from the United States, the UK, Sweden, and Canada. So, so thank exciting. you guys so much for listening internationally. Love you guys. <laughs> and uh, on that note, I guess I just got to say that vampires are not cute in real life. Don't name your kid Peter. And most importantly, don't do horrible things. Horrible things.